Welcome to this edition of Doctors in the House. The Columbus Medical Association is thrilled to have two CMA members who are members of the Ohio General Assembly. And in this series, we will talk about what their experiences are as physician legislators, as well as the policy issues of the day. In this episode, we'll be talking to Dr. Anita Samani. Dr. Samani represents the 11th House District. Dr. Samani is an OBGYN at Ohio Health. Dr. Samani, thank you for your time this afternoon. We're recording this the day before the legislature is scheduled to have session in which they would be dealing with the deadline for the August election and the potential of changing the constitutional amendment threshold from a majority to 60%. Do you have any crystal ball uh, that you'd like to share with listeners today, uh, knowing that uh, tomorrow is the day? So crystal ball is an interesting observation. I guess my hope is that the way we've had so many people speak out against having minority rule in Ohio with 200 different organizations coming in and giving opponent testimony with the um, demonstration or march at the state house last Wednesday and with another one planned for tomorrow, I'm hoping that as legislators, as people here at the state house, we recognize the power of the average person's voice and do not bring this up for a vote. And so my crystal ball is that um, hearing the opposition so strongly voicing their, their no and the coalition of people that have spoken out against it. We've had all four governors speak out against it, You know, both Republican and Democrats. We've had attorney generals across political aisles speak out against this. It's not how democracy should work. I mean, you and I have talked about democracy and how it should work, and this is not how democracy works, where the minority of people decide what the majority of people are going to have to follow. So my crystal ball is hopeful that um, people are starting to get uncomfortable with supporting a position that is not supported by the majority. Thanks for sharing your perspective on that. And for our listeners, uh, just to say again, we're recording this the day before all this comes to a head uh, tomorrow uh, in the Ohio General Assembly. In the meantime, uh, Dr. Samani, legislative work on other issues goes on. Uh, you're the ranking member on health provider services as well as health policy, insurance, and aging. Are there any particular bills that are on your radar that you would like to uh, draw attention to for your physician colleagues today? Right now, I mean, we've been hearing some testimony for um, bans on gender-affirming care, but we haven't had any um, opponent testimony because um, the chair has not brought that up yet to the committee. So that's one I think that we need to have on the radar. You know, banning any type of care at the legislative level doesn't make sense. It needs to be done from a scientific factual standpoint. And this bill to ban gender affirming care, to criminalize gender affirming care is really um, onerous and not fact-based. It's not science-based. So that would be one that I think people need to be aware of. I think HB7 is one that really isn't directly related to healthcare, but is related to the well-being of families and children in our, in our um, state when it comes to how do we support early childhood development? How do we fund 
um, community centers that provide parenting, you know, classes and childhood care or child care. So HB7, I think, is a pretty comprehensive comprehensive bill that part of it we were trying to get through the budget amendment, um, but weren't able to. So now we're working on doing it independently. I think that's one that would be really impactful for the future of Ohio to to support, you know, young like zero to three, giving continuous Medicaid coverage to those kids, giving them access to early you know, childhood development, um, that type of thing, you know, I think it's going to be really important. I'm curious, you're a relatively new member, just a few months into this, and you gave an interview with Cleveland.com where you were talking about, as a member of a minority party, uh, sometimes you have some limits on your influence, but that you have uh, explored trying to be effective at working on legislation and by pointing out, asking good questions and pointing out inconsistencies. I wondered if you have could talk a little bit more about that and any examples of how you've tried to find your voice uh, as a physician and trying to help your colleagues see things in a different light, perhaps. Yeah. So I there's um, HB 73, which on the surface is an interesting bill because it was it's been brought up in the um, aftermath of ivermectin use during COVID. And there was a couple, it's named the David, Dave and Angie Act, I think is the subterm for it. But essentially what, what this bill is trying to do is to, to allow for off-label prescribing for patients who request medications. And, you know, the original sponsor of it is somebody who was pushing sort of alternative treatments and therapies during COVID. And when you look at the bill, it's so broad, it's so general that it could apply to almost anything. It could apply to a patient saying, hey, I want you to prescribe Percocet for me. And now with this HB 73, a provider would be required to prescribe it, even though it's not indicated in the circumstances. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 a bill that I think oftentimes when people aren't in healthcare and write bills, they don't look at the unintended consequences. So if I'm understanding correctly, you're helping people see that there is that that the patient could be driving the decision as opposed to the physician prescriber? Yes, yes. And I think that's something we have to be careful with. You know, I think we have to recognize that anytime we have a bill at the state house, we do need to look at it, you know, from every single angle possible to determine, you know, is this realistic? Is this a good bill? Or are there going to be unintended consequences to that bill? Thank you. That's a nice example of raising up those kind of questions because of your unique perspective as a physician. Is there anything else that uh, you'd like to share uh, this month? Um, so, as you know, um, there is a group of physicians that were able to get the um, language to be able to get the reproductive rights um, ballot initiative going. And we are looking to get signatures from 44 out of 88 counties. So if there are people listening to this podcast that are not in the traditional suburban counties that would like to help collect signatures, please direct them my way. The petitions are available through Protect Choice Ohio. 
and also through the Ohio Physicians for Reproductive Rights. But it's going to take half a million signatures around that from 44 out of 88 counties to be able to get this initiative onto the ballot in November. So I would I would ask people to consider signing that um, ballot initiative. The deadline's July 5th or volunteering to help with it, or attending fundraisers, or donating money to the cause, because it's going to cost about 20 to $30 million to get that across the finish line. Dr. Samani, thank you for your time today, uh, and good luck in what's going to be a busy uh, few days coming up here at the Ohio General Assembly. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to see where my predictions fall. <laughs> Doctors in the House is a podcast produced by the Columbus Medical Association. You can stay up to date on our advocacy efforts at columbusmedicalassociation.org slash advocacy.